It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys are on the board in free agency. What does that mean for the roster going forward? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Dallas Cowboys made their first signing in free agency. How do you feel about it? Feeling good. We're ready to pack up shop and call it a day, and uh, we're, we're done with the signings for the for this year. Uh, no, we should mention who that is, by the way. Yes, we should. There's a lot of teasing, and we haven't mentioned Donovan Wilson's name yet. Yeah. So, Donovan Wilson, uh, yeah, at the three-headed monster at safety seems to be returning, um, which is fantastic news. Yes. It looks to be a, a, a pretty interesting t- deal. It's something like thirteen point five million dollars in the first two years, and then a ten million dollar third year. So. Uh, somewhere in We're the still range waiting on the official numbers, but it seems like it's going to be what around seven ish million a year. Yeah, like just around six point seven five seven million a year. So that which is kind of around what we had discussed, I think, uh, before uh, free agent had signing uh, started. So um, I think it's a pretty good number, you know, especially considering uh, what the safety market was was probably going to end up shaping out to be. There, there wasn't a ton of movement early on. Um, and, and I was worried that uh, that meant that we were going to start seeing a lot of people, uh, safeties playing hardball and that the, the numbers in general were going to get driven up. But Cowboys able to kind of get him for a, a reasonable deal. Um, and so, you know, now that you, you get your three safeties back, that's one less area you don't have to worry about, especially in a year where, you know, you feel like despite the cornerback depth being really good in, 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 uh, in the draft, the safety depth is not necessarily Awful. very good. So uh, to, to kind of shore up that position in which you've had success last two years at a position where you've, you know, routinely had terrible success over the past, let's say, two decades, um, I, I think it was it was an important step for the Cowboys. And I, I think it, at the very least it kept that defensive backfield room extremely happy to have uh, Donovan Wilson back. You keep his strength strong, right? Yeah. Like it's one of the best parts of your roster – those three guys played really well together last year and the year before that. I think Landon, they played almost 3,500 combined snaps between the three of them last year. Yeah. Uh, it's we, we talked about this, I think it was last week. We we really wanted the Cowboys to make Donovan Wilson a priority, and they did. I, I heard some whispers that the Cowboys' first offer to him was like $4.5 a year, and obviously they met somewhere in the middle, but – He's one of their tone setters on defense, and he plays such an important role as a box safety, but also an enforcer and also a fantastic blitzer. Yeah. I, I don't even care if this comes out to be $8 million a year. I, I, I think he's an awesome, awesome player. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's almost kind of qu- uh, hard to quantify, like exactly because the safeties, the safety play in this defense is so kind of untraditional, right? Uh, yeah. You know, you, you just have guys that do kind of very distinct different roles, and and uh, because you've got kind of two other real specialist players, uh, it really allows Donovan Wilson to yeah. kind of be that floater piece to do a little bit of whatever you need, and 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 he's so valuable, like you said, as a blitzer in the box as a run defender. Uh, and then, you know, when he's not needing to kind of be one on one with with uh, with t- tight ends or that sort of thing, he's he's just very very good at, at everything you can ask him to do. And, yep. and because of the way that the team is constructed, it really accentuates his strengths. And so, I think this is a good deal for both him and the Cowboys. To be so you mentioned at the top, it's really a two year deal um, that it's going to pay him fourteen ish million over two years. Uh, Donovan Wilson just turned 28 years old. So you get him for 28, 29 seasons. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, we should also mention what this does for the rest of the defensive backs, because I do think this has an impact right now that you brought back all three safeties for a combined 13 million, I think this year, which is kind of crazy. Uh, you have this chess piece in Israel Makamu who going into his third year, Anytime that he plays, he plays well. Maybe the idea is, hey, if we bring back Donovan Wilson, we can use Makamu more as a cornerback option. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Makamu, especially now, right? I mean, I think we had discussed like beforehand, like if what Wilson doesn't come back, it, it's a natural fit to kind of slide Makamu into that spot or, or, or to fi- slide him into the third safety spot and find him his own specific kind of role to work in. Now that Wilson's back, I think you're right. I mean, you, I certainly don't think that this means less Mukamu necessarily. No, I think no. it just means it changes the shape of what his his role is going to be. And and if that means you know rotating in more as a kind of a nickel corner and and, and giving you snaps there, uh, I, I think it alleviates some of the pressure of needing to kind of go out and and feel obligated to go out and get cornerback two right away or have to feel like you have to draft a cornerback in the top part of the round. You still need to go out and get a corner. Like that's not, I don't think that's, I think you're still probably going to go draft a guy every year. You're you always need more corners, right? But you don't have to spend pick 26 on it. Right. Yeah. Because I think you can convince yourself that you've got bland as your cornerback too, and that you can cobble together that third cornerback spot, at least initially with Mukamu. Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, and then maybe uh, another person to come into the competition after the draft or free agency. That should be enough. And let's not forget, as of right now, Jordan Lewis is still on the roster. That's true. Yeah, and 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 Jordan Lewis played good football the last two years, so I I shouldn't just like uh, write him off as someone that's going to be gone off the team. Because honestly, I I mean, I I wouldn't mind him coming back, especially the way he played last year. If he can come back healthy and and, and still have uh, some relative, not lost a ton of exposure because that injury is, is what I'm most concerned about. If he comes back from that good, well, then I think, you know, it's good to have his veteran leadership in the locker room. He's a good locker room guy for these guys. And honestly, I think, you know, that makes that role even more enticing, right? Like a kind of nickel back role where you can, you know, seamlessly rotate in Jordan Lewis and, and Mukamu. It gives you a lot of package versatility on defense uh and and i know that that's something that that dan quinn really uh you know thrives in 
and you also have a lot of options in the slot now, depending on the team, yeah. right? You have Jordan Lewis, who's 5'10", more of your quick, shifty corner. You have Deron Bland, who played in the slot last year. He's the six foot, 200-pound guy. And then you have Izzy Makamu, who's 6'4", and can match up against the big tight ends if you decide to use him in that way. So a lot of interesting things uh, happening in the Cowboys' defensive back room. I, 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 one of the reasons I love this signing is because you just don't have to do anything the rest of the way in free agency and the draft. So uh, pretty exciting. Uh, Lena, we do have some other moves that we should talk about uh, because the Cowboys did lose several free agents on Monday and Tuesday. Let's discuss those guys next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything and everything from money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon. The Cowboys lost three free agents on Monday and Tuesday. Let's run through them really quickly. Let's start with Connor McGovern, who got a pretty big deal from Buffalo. I'm actually surprised (laughs) that he got as much as he did. Uh, almost $8 million a year for the Buffalo Bills. Were you surprised to see him get that much money? I was, yeah. I, I mean, I, I felt like, you know, I mean, I feel like he's a good player and, and that he probably was going to get some offers out there. And definitely, I thought, you know, some some starting offers, but I, I felt like $8 million a year. I mean, again, like, <clears throat> I was surprised by the amount of money Connor Williams got last year, you know, like. And it was more uh, than that. Yeah, and 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 I you know, I'm similarly surprised with Connor McGovern, and and I just think that maybe uh, you know it's it has to do with the supply and demand of just quality offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, you know, obviously you're going to pay a premium in uh, in in free agency, and and you know we don't always uh, uh, see the the this side of it, like the the yeah. cost of our own free agents leaving and, and getting deals that are, you know, kind of bigger than uh, than we expected. But it happens. I mean, that's part of why free agency is so expensive. So uh, you got to pay an $8 million for Connor McGovern in free agency. So uh, I, I feel like I was surprised. Uh, I guess I shouldn't have been, you know, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's seemingly kind of just continues to happen that these specifically offensive linemen and defensive linemen are going to get, overpaid or paid at least paid handsomely let's say yep. uh by the teams that are that are signing him on the open market especially early uh i think the other thing for like buffalo is they play a more 
up-tempo style of offense where it's not so much needing to blow guys off the ball, right? And that, I mean, that listen, that's one of the reasons why we didn't like McGovern at left guard. He just didn't have enough power. But I think yep. the expectation for the Bills is that he's going to play right guard, which we've seen which, when he's played right yeah. guard Dallas. He's a much better player. So I could see how it makes more sense for Buffalo to get him rather than the Cowboys holding on to him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it certainly makes sense for Buffalo. And, and honestly, like the money for a starting guard, I guess, is not, you know, outrageous by any stretch of the imagination. It's just for Connor McGovern. You know, I, I yeah. again, I, I agree. I think he's a very good, he seemed to be very good pass protection uh, guard. He just couldn't move anybody off the line. But I mean, that's just fine. Take that part it, out of the game for Buffalo, which they don't do. Maybe he is a more effective player. Yeah, he can certainly do what what they're asking him to do. I think it, in in a, in a lot better way than maybe he could have done what what, yeah. what the Cowboys are asking him to do. All right, let's get to the other guys. Noah Brown signed a one year deal with the Houston Texans. The numbers haven't come out on that one yet. Um, I, I saw a lot of people bashing Noah Brown yeah. on Twitter, and I don't think that's fair. I think I actually think it's really cool the way Noah Brown's career turned out. He was a seventh round pick who found a niche on special teams, overcame some injuries in his career, and turned into a functional NFL receiver. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and, and actually, not only have we seen people bashing kind of Noah Brown, but but you know, and then other turn people are turning around and saying, hey, don't blame Noah Brown for the Cowboys' shortcomings. Yes, and, it's not and his I, fault. Well, I'm here to tell you that, frankly, I think both sides should get a pat on the back. The Cowboys drafted this guy in the seventh round, and he, you know – whether or not it worked out, he was at least good enough to be considered start, you know, the third yeah. wide receiver on this team. And he's been a special teams ace this entire time. So kudos to Noah Brown. I'm excited to, for him to go get his money. Kudos to the Cowboys for getting a uh, for seeing this in, in, a, in a young player and, and getting a, a value out of a seventh round pick. You know, I think the Jeff Heath comparisons are very are very apt, right? Where it's like. You guys are not seeing the forest of the trees. Like the expectation for Jeff Heath shouldn't be Ed Reed. The fact is, you got this guy for nothing on an undrafted free agent. He was a special teams ace for you for years, uh, and then kind of switching back to Noah Brown, and then and then at the end of it was able to give you some uh, some some reps as a receiver. So yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled for Noah Brown. I hope he made a ton of money because gotcha. he's worked his tail off these years. He deserves it, man. And I know people are pointing to the Jacksonville game where he had a couple drops. And listen, that was not a good game for him. But don't forget the Bengals game early in the season where he caught multiple passes on fourth down to help you steal a game that you absolutely shouldn't have won and kind of settle things down after you lost Dak in week one. So I I don't think it made a lot of sense for the Cowboys to bring him back just because I think they're going to revamp that wide receiver core. But I'm happy for Noah Brown at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And I just – you you got to be happy for these guys yeah. that 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 are in your system forever and ever and, and leave to go make money. Uh, like they're human beings, so yes. I'm, I'm glad to see guys that work hard get rewarded. So that's yeah. that's where I'm at with Noah Brown. Uh, the other one that happened this morning was Luke Gifford signed a two year five million dollar mm-hmm. deal with the Tennessee Titans. According to Michael Galkin, the Cowboys made a strong offer, but he decided to go to Hugh, uh, the Titans instead. It is a little surprising that the Cowboys lost Gifford and Noah Brown on the same day, considering those are two of their more well-established special teams players. Yeah, I mean, I think clearly what we're seeing here is that special teams is going to have to be revamped. And I don't think it's necessarily because of, you know, like uh, it wasn't, they weren't good, so we're revamping. I think it's just a case where your main special teamers are getting opportunities 
outside of just special teams now. Luke Gifford is likely going to get a chance, not to start maybe necessarily Tennessee, but I think he's probably going to get some more playing time than he would have gotten in Dallas. Um, and, and for Noah Brown, I, I imagine that's a similar case too, right? He's just, it's, these guys have kind of grown out of that role a little bit. And for the Cowboys, you know, look, I, at this point, I actually might be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if they decided not to bring back CJ Goodwin. And if they just completely decided to revamp special teams so that they could rearrange how things are, uh, uh, you know, constructed. I do think that like kind of looking back, the one thing about Noah Brown that was uh, difficult is that because he was such a good special teams player and so relied upon as a special teamer, it did make it more difficult for you to get someone like Jalen Tolbert onto your, onto your game day roster because you were reliant on that wide receiver playing special teams and you didn't want to bring six or seven guys to the game each week. So I do wonder if the Cowboys are going to completely kind of reconstruct where they're pulling their special teams aces for uh, maybe to kind of help other areas of the team get more players onto the game. Or maybe just have less designated special teamers, right? Yeah. Because basically that's what Luke Gifford was. I think he played like 20 defensive snaps and they were all – at the end of the year, maybe you just don't have a guy like that on your roster unless he can play linebacker. But at the same time, Cowboys drafted Devin Harper last year. Say, uh, which, like- uh, Harper seems like the guy that's most likely to take over Luke Gifford's job. And now he's got a chance to do it. It's a, it's a big spot for, for Harper. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's definitely the first, off the bench to get an opportunity to kind of make the team as a special teams ace. He clearly has the kind of physical resume to do such thing. Uh, Really quickly on some of the Cowboys, other free agents, we haven't heard a whisper about Dalton Schultz yet. Not a single whisper. We're, we're in middle of day two. And I don't know if it's just because the tight end market is slowly developing, or maybe there's not as much interest out there. I'm I'm not saying he's not going to get a big deal or the Cowboys are going to bring him back, but it just, it is it's a little wild to see that we haven't heard anything from him. Yeah, I mean, the tight end market in general has just been kind of quiet. So far, we've seen one true blocking tight end signed, from what I remember, and not much else, to be honest. So uh, I think I, – I have to think that – didn't Evan Ingram get the, a, a franchise tag, right? Yeah, and he got well, he got one year, ten million last year, and then he got a franchise tag this year. <clears throat> so I'm wondering if that isn't kind of like – uh, taking some of the wind out of the sails for the market overall, because you know Dalton is clearly being very discerning about where he's going to go. Cowboys already made him an offer that he wasn't necessarily interested in, so uh, I think pretty sure that Dalton would be probably considered the top tight end in the market, I right? Think it's at him this and Gusecki, right? Yeah. So uh, I think at this point, you know, I, I would be, <laughs> I'd be interested to see if they have the same agent. <laughs> and, and and see like if you know two, the two tight ends at the top of the market are kind of controlling the narrative a little bit uh, because they've got the market to themselves basically. Yeah. So and I also wonder because this is such an awesome tight end class. That's what I was just going to say. Up in the yeah. Draft, yeah. Maybe teams are just a little bit less hesitant to give that guy fourteen million a year. I, I'm not saying that he won't get that money because there's a very good chance that he is. But every other position has been picked over except for. This one, so we'll see. I'm thinking. I'm thinking that, that 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 maybe what's happening is that the teams are trying to leverage that into their initial contract offerings, right? Yeah. And these two tight ends are just going no, 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 no. Yep. So that, that it may be a situation where both of these guys wait a little bit longer, uh, just 
to kind of hope that their numbers go up a little bit. All right, let's talk about what's next for the Cowboys in free agency because we know more moves are coming. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness Bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now it's time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I'm going to be voting for Cookie Dough. It's my current favorite. And if you want your, the Cowboys to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff, and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have the absolute best Built Bars sent to, directly to you every single month. You've got to try Built Bars. They're absolutely fantastic. Best protein bar on the market right now. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't even know that they're good for you. What makes Built Bars fantastic and good for you? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, the whispers around the Cowboys right now, they're working on a deal with Leighton Van Der Esch <laughs> and Dante Fowler. So let's start with Van Der Esch because that's the, the bigger one here. Um what number makes sense for you after looking at the the linebacker market the last couple of days? Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because we we just saw a uh, a couple of tweets on on Leighton Vander Esch, and apparently the Cowboys are not the only team that are negotiating with him, and that he <clears throat> and he uh, the, the the negotiation is starting somewhere around seven million, which was the number for who was it that got that seven million dollar deal? Bobby Okariki. Bobby Okariki. And uh, this text was brought to you by Leighton Van Der Esch's agent. And yep. he <laughs> just, it was just, it's just so funny because, like, it's it, the sequence of events goes something like this Free agency starts. Uh, almost immediately after free agency starts, the linebacker market goes soft. <laughs> and, like, everyone is getting underpaid in a way that is uh, uh, it's quite unexpected, except. For uh, Okariki, right? Yep. Is that how you say his name? I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> so it's not it's not coincidence that his name is the name that gets thrown out in the uh, the the tweet about how that's the the target for for late bidders because he's the guy at the top of a very very soft free agent linebacker market right now. And, and if um, you uh, if you happen to look underneath that tweet, you'll actually see his agent say he's better than Okariki. <laughs> Did he actually respond? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's so. amazing. Oh, he must have had, he must have had notifications on Marcus. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's not, he's like I recognize that tweet from my text messages. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, yeah, it's I, a whole I, game I, that we that we just I, I'm tired of playing it. That's all. Yeah, no, it's and look, this is uh, we're not really making fun because this is this is what it is. This is what it's it's been for years, and like yeah. you know these these uh, and and these are all hardworking reporters. This is their job, but I mean, it is kind of once you see through the matrix a little bit, it is kind of yeah. funny to watch it all unfold. Look, going back to the actual thing at hand. Um, I think seven million dollars seems a little rich for 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 Leighton Vander. I think that's the very very top of where like it's yeah. that's the tipping point for me. And, and and honestly, I'm not discouraged by that tweet necessarily because uh, because we know it's coming from the agent, right? So if seven million is the starting is the kind of point at which the uh, the the agent is offering up to the 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 cowboys then i feel like the number uh, could potentially get to where you, you want it to be and that the cowboys could sign him we'll see i mean obviously you know maybe this is not all made up and maybe suddenly you know 10 minutes from now we're going to see that the i don't know washington commanders signed him for eight and a half million dollars a year awesome. or something like that but i i just think that you know if if the opening salvo through the public is is seven million dollars uh I tend to think that, that the Cowboys could probably get him down to six million, which is right around what we thought he, we would get. Yeah, and and let's remember the Cowboys they they didn't sign Leighton Vanderush until week two of free agency last year. So the longer this goes on, I think it's the more likely that Vanderush returns. Right? Yeah. Like honestly, yeah. because there's just there's the not market's not going to get better, right? No, like it, it, no. it's not like there's any there's anybody else who's going to get signed out there. Uh, for for like more money than what we've seen so far, as far as I know, like I, I mean, maybe Wagner does. Uh, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if if Wagner waits as well. You know, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how that all kind of well, you know, susses it, it, out. And it's not only Wagner; it's also Levante David who mm-hmm. is looking for I think a one year deal. So there's two. You know, all pro level linebackers sitting yeah. at the top of the market. They're, they're separate, right? Yeah, yeah, they are yeah exactly. And, and um, then, not to mention, there's other guys that at least I feel like are in the same range as yeah. Van, Van, Van yeah. Rush, whether it's Denzel Perryman or yeah. Kazir White or Drew Tranquil or your guy Aziz from the 49ers. Like, there's mm-hmm. there are linebackers still out there. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where he's in, right? He's in that yep. little pack of of a group of five to six, seven guys, two of which I think have already been signed. Uh, so I do think that $7 million is the ceiling for that group. It's, that's clearly – I mean, it, it's one of the only parameters that's basically been established right now so far through one day of free agency. So, uh, yeah, I would have to say that first day must have been uh, uh, disheartening. For for yeah. Leighton Vander Esch to see all those numbers. Yeah. Um, the other player that I want to ask you about, uh, Josina Anderson from USA Today, continues to report that the Cowboys are working to get a deal done with Dante Fowler. And I, I got to be honest, it's kind of surprising to me. Because I we talked about Dante Fowler a couple of weeks ago when we were doing our edge review. You already have Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Doris Armstrong, Sam Williams and Chauncey Golston. Is there really a need to bring in a six edge again? I, I think we have to remember that a lot of these guys pull double duties inside as well. You know, so they're gonna they're, there's ways to get more than just four of these guys a lot of snaps. Um, and 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 the backups obviously get rotated in not just as defensive end backups, but as pass rushing defensive tackle backups as well. So. 
I don't. I don't think. I think there's room on the team if you want to add a fifth uh, defensive end who, again, can kick inside and give you something there, uh, as long as it's a cheap deal. But I, I think what it, it likely means is that you're probably going to continue to kind of go short at defensive tackle, right? Uh, as far as numbers wise. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, listen, I was with you when we talked about the, it would be surprising uh, that, that if Dante Fowler got signed. Um, but if, you know, if the number's right, like he produced well, it's not that I don't, it's, it was never about like not wanting him back because he didn't produce well. I was thrilled with the contract and with the way he produced at the contract last year. Um, and if we're running that back, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with that. It's just, it's just surprising because you'd expect Sam Williams to start getting more snaps, yeah, exactly. you know, and, and you have some young players that you want to see more. Dorrance Armstrong, again, also on a contract, also younger than Dante Fowler. So I don't know that this means that even if they re-sign him, that Fowler's going to like have a larger share of the pie necessarily. He may end up having a less share of the pie well, he, as far as He played as 378 wise. games or 78 snaps last year. Yeah, he may actually have a similar number, maybe less. Uh, and if the numbers are right, if the money is right, and he can still rush the passer at, at a very efficient rate, I could see that being worth it for the Cowboys. I think it depends on the number, right? Like last year, yeah. you got him on vet minimum. Like, okay, if you want to give him a little bit more guaranteed money, and I, I get it, but if we're talking about anything more than three or four million. That's where I'm kind of out. And and maybe maybe that's why they're working so hard on it right now is because they're trying to convince Fowler, hey, look, you could probably go get two two and a half more million dollars in the market, but. Like you're enjoying your time here. You're having a lot of success in this kind of rotational role. Well, maybe we can figure something out where the money's right for you, but you can also stay here where you're happy. You're 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 with the coach you like. You're in a you're in a locker room that you like, and that's why it's being working on now as opposed to letting him kind of go and and go test the market a little. And maybe the Cowboys are just dead set on not having one edge guy play more than 800 snaps because yeah, they saw, like last year. By the end of the season, Parsons was beat up. And Demarcus Lawrence, as much as we love him, has not been the most consistently healthy guy. Yeah. Maybe you just try to get as many veteran guys that you feel comfortable with on the team because you do know that you're going to probably need these guys as the season goes along. I, I still wish it would be one of these things that they would wait on. I, I just don't think you need to get it done now. I, I think, and, and I could be wrong, but again, I think the, the fact that they're doing it right away is probably more of a function of trying to work a, a discount in. It's possible. Uh, more than like a priority, you know, uh, sort of thing. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft Show. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go check out the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Go follow Landon uh, on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.